Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Moon Underwater, everyone. I am John Robbins, the landlord of this heady pub. Uh, with me is the regular, the lovely, the lovely Robin Allender, and the fantastic Max Rushton, football journalist extraordinaire and presenter of the Champions League coverage brackets Australian edition. Yeah. The football is quite similar to the football that they put in the Champions League in other countries. But we're just doing it much earlier in the day. <laughs> and obviously the ball goes the other way around. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Quite often, whenever I tweet a picture, somebody will tweet it back upside down to me. Really? Um, which, I, which is yeah. nice. I'm, I'm happy but to you, it appears the right way up. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, sort of, yeah, it's quite confusing. Robin, uh, could you, before we continue with Max's pub, could you uh, give us the answers to your fantastic pub quiz? Sure thing. So it was a music pub quiz, and I was talking about years that albums came out in. First question was, in which year did uh, Elephant by The White Stripes, Hail to the Thief by Radiohead, and Room on Fire by The Strokes come out? Max, what are you saying for that? 2003. Max has gone 2003. John? Well, I wrote a review of Hail to the Thief. (laughs) I'd love to read that. (laughs) Well, I'm just looking to see if I've got it on my computer. Underrated album, actually. Who were you reviewing it for? The Oxford University student newspaper. I think oh, I've right. okay. I've only got them as oh, I think I've oh here we go. Oh no, really? Have you got it? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No, I've got a review I've got a review of there there. Right, that was um, that's on that album, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. How have you still got the same computer? Like, how have you managed to keep the files? Do you want to hear an extract from my review of there, there? Yeah, yes. there, there's on Hail to the Thief. Go for it. You simply cannot hear a word he says. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> <laughs> One interesting chord change is not enough to hide the fact that this song is thoroughly dull. 
well, that, that's uh, I think you know that's a, a reasonable assumption. You might not agree with it, but it's fair. You simply cannot hear a word he says. <laughs> so, John, does that help you get your year? Well, I I've said two thousand and two. It was two thousand and three. So Max gets that. Ah! Even though you reviewed the, the the single, the lead single. But how do you still have that? Like, how is that possibly on a file? How did you like? Have you moved all your every time you moved? Yeah, laptop. Which makes buying a new computer very stressful because some of the stuff that's being transferred over is twenty twenty years old. God, oh, that's wow. amazing. I opened an Excel spreadsheet that had last been opened in nineteen ninety six. What incredible feeling! What was on it? I can't even remember. It was in the job I had a while back. Um, uh, what was question two? Oh, yes. David Bowie's Diamond Dogs, which, which I love. Fulfilling This's First Finale by Stevie Wonder. And Pretzel Logic by Steely Dan. Steely Dan. Max, what are you saying? 1974. Max has gone 74. John? I got 78. 78. It is 74. Well done, Max. Wow. Killing it. Two in two. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Stevie Wonder's kind of golden period. Bowie's last sort of glam album. Mm, and, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and I don't really like Steely Dan. No, they're good. Uh, question three was Parade by Prince, The Colour of Spring by Talk Talk. Fantastic album. Master of Puppets by Metallica. Max, what you got for that? 86. 86. John? Oh, shit. I fucked this right up. I've gone 94. 94. Max, you've smashed it. Three on three. Oh, incredible. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. That is... Actually, I'm I'm more proud of that than most things ever. I mean, I I obviously have no idea. I didn't know any of those albums. Well, incredibly educated guesses then. But I think I'd heard of the White Stripes one. Is there a White Stripes one in there? No, they weren't all guesses. You must have known them. No, I literally didn't. I had not heard of. I mean, I've heard of Prince. I've heard of Metallica, but I'd not heard of the albums. Really? At all. So that was a hundred percent guesswork. Well, very good guesses. Uh, really, I've had a great time. Superb. Right then, Max, we must return to your pub. What a wonderful place it's turning out to be. If vague, some of the areas of the pub are quite vague. It's quite a banal pub. And, that, you know, that is, I would say that's quite fitting. Sometimes it's what you want. Yeah, yeah. The banality of evil. <laughs> that, could <be> the na- <laughs> that could be the name of your pub. <laughs> um, what sort of vibe is it going to be? What sort of building is it going to be? I need an old man pub mm. in a sort of row of, like it's like within like a, a terraced housing probably in it's probably in cambridge it's probably like that that's sort of you know that's that's the way i instantly think of it just you turn around a corner and it just happens to be there some people would never know it existed even if they lived two streets away it definitely wouldn't be open later than 11 it could even close earlier i quite like a 10 10 30 on a sunday could do that a 10 30 i quite like is that. that when it used to is that when it used to close yeah. on a sunday yeah i yeah. don't mind a 10 30 yeah 10 30 on a sunday let's not be silly hmm. it needs sort of a mishmash of chairs but the chairs need i don't like stools so it would all the chairs would have a every chair would have a back because i i think it's important to be able to lean Back. I know I know stools can be quite useful for sort of manoeuvring and if you want to get a lot of people around the table but I'd only bring them out in emergencies it would have a TV and I know a lot of people have banned televisions from pubs but not for football I don't like watching football in pubs really um, it's quite annoying watching football in pubs yeah. why is that because everybody has a very strong opinion about football and it's not necessarily their opinion is wrong but I don't want to hear all of them and 
quite a lot of people actually don't know the laws of the game, for example, and still yell stuff. And just generally, there's an aggro around that that I don't need. But the TV will be on for test matches. Oh, yes. I don't know if it needs volume. I don't think sport ever needs volume in a pub. No, I think you're right. But just the test match is on, and that is the most wonderful way to sit in a pub all afternoon. It reminds me of your comment about football was James Acaster once did a gig at the pub that used to be called the White Rabbit where Oppo was in Bristol. And it was during the, what, maybe World Cup or Euros? So he had to go on after England had got kicked out of the World Cup or something. He tweeted something, because he used to be on Twitter, but he's famously left now. He tweeted something like, the worst thing about watching football is, um, you know, having to sit next to people who think they're experts or something like this. And, of course, everyone in there was a big fan of him, so followed him on Twitter. So the guy sitting next to him just turned to him and said, oh, mate, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It was so funny. And he felt very guilty. But he still did a good gig. As someone whose opinions about football are educated and experienced, what is the thing that most annoys you to hear someone say when they're watching a football game? Oh, I mean, just... I definitely wouldn't say my my knowledge is, you know, any greater than anyone else's. It's just a desperation to kick the ball forward as quickly as you can. You know, so it's normally England, right? You're watching England and it is hard watching England sometimes, but also England are also playing against other countries that also play football and are also good at football. So there's this kind of feeling that we are we should win this game, even though we're playing France, who also are good at football. And even though I quite like that style of football, I just can't hear that. I just, I just don't need that in my experience of what. I just quite watching. I like watching the game because I like the game. Whereas I find, you know, when you're watching a test match, actually that doesn't happen. There's not somebody going, you know, come on, Peter, such, give it more. You know, like it just doesn't doesn't necessarily happen like that. Right, well, I'll stop saying it. <laughs> stop, stop getting angry with Alan Mullally, John, when you're watching the test match. So when you're watching the test match in a pub, I mean, like, are you there for the duration? Not the duration, not all five days. But I mean, like, but, well, what is it about watching it in a pub that's so so special? I think there's just a... It just it, it, A, it makes me think of home because... Like quite a lot of test matches, I'll just sit at home and watch. But just there's sometimes I'll just go, oh, I've watched the morning session if I've got a day off in my house and I'll just look over the road and the pub will be there. This is why I used to live um, on the street where the Barbican is. And there was oh, a pub wow. over the road. Just wander down there and get a pint of bitter and just sit there for an hour and just not talk or just, just sit there. And it's, that's something about test cricket which really lends itself to afternoon, nursing a pint, having a wonderful time. I don't think it's any more complex than that, I don't think. Right. We must get on to your spirit choices, please. Are you much of a spirit drinker, Max? No. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Absolutely not. Good stuff. I don't really I don't really want any because everyone's got a friend and um I have a friend Ollie, and I don't know if you are this person in your group of friends or you have a friend. It was when you they go to the bar and you say, I'll just have a pint of bitter please and they come back with a bottle of rosé and then like 10 schnapps or something just because they're excited that everyone's yeah, yeah, out yeah. Mm. and I just you know I don't want either of those things and so like in a in a dream world I wouldn't have any we did have a phase sort of late 90s early 2000s of getting to the Fez Club in Cambridge and um, ordering as many Long Island iced teas as we could just before happy hour finished 
So, you know, like filling a table with Long Island iced teas. So I, so, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what, I think everything goes into one of them. Yeah, like, of it's these. like one of those drinks where everything is in them. So I could do that. I could pick tequila because my wife likes tequila. It's the only, she says it's the only non-depressant apparently. But like, I'm, I hate it so much that I can't get past that. Uh, of all alcohol, it's the only one that doesn't make you sad. But it, the act of drinking it makes me sad. But for my wife, I will get a tequila. Yeah, you can have it for her. So tequila and a Long Island iced tea. Or maybe a Pim's. Ooh. Now, I don't know how often I drink Pim's in a beer garden. I haven't even decided if I have a little beer garden in this pub yet. It's probably once every five years. But when you do it, it is really nice, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, I get annoyed by the fruit. I don't mind the mint, but there's something about like the sight of a quarter of a strawberry going sort of mushy in the ice. I find quite off-putting. So I would probably have it just with ice and mint. Robin, thoughts? Don't mind a strawberry, but you've got to drink it fresh. What's straight from the factory? Yeah. (laughs) A strawberry doesn't hold its own, does it? No. For very long. Strawberries aren't meant to be put in liquid, full stop. Could you take a cucumber, like a really, you know, you could take a slice of cucumber. And put it in a salad and then drink your lovely drink. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But I think the cucumber can hold itself for it longer can. than yes, the strawberry. It has structural integrity. And maybe apple, maybe a real thin slice of apple could. Cucumber in a gin and tonic is, is pretty nice. Yeah, true. Why don't they freeze the apple and the cucumber and the strawberry and put them in frozen instead of ice? It's a nice thought. Well, I'm, we've certainly got a lot of options here with the old... Uh, the tequila pims. and pims. Tequila and pims. Very nice. Very nice. Mm. Which is also the name of the pub. Yeah. <laughs> Robin, we must expand our brains now because um, the tequila is going to knock off a few of the old brain cells. So uh, let's head into the Moon Underwater Pub Library. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thanks, John. This week in the Moon Underwater Pub Library, it's a novel called This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. And it's a it's a kind of novel that might get dismissed as being like a holiday read. Do you know what I mean by that? It kind yeah. of gets a bit dismissed. The, um, but it's it's such a good book. It's really really it's got a great emotional depth. It's very funny. It's very very well written. It's about a woman who's turning forty who lives in New York who grew up in New York, and uh, they're kind of looking after their father who is kind of gravely ill. So there's a lot of stuff about dealing with kind of aging parents and stuff but it's also got a, a a kind of time travel element to it so it's a bit like russian doll it's kind of a bit like groundhog day and it's got a really lovely kind of very warm kind of description of new york and new york bars so that's why i've included it in the moon underwater pub library so i'll just read you a little section about um the main character alice on her 40th birthday because i thought it was really nice about new york so here we go She and Sam and their friends had enjoyed many, many hours in bars as teenagers. They'd spent nights at the Dublin House on 79th Street, at the Dive Bar on Amsterdam and 96th Street, with a neon sign shaped like bubbles, though that one was a little too close to home to be safe. And some of the fratty bars farther down Amsterdam, the ones with the buckets of beers for $20 and scratched pool tables. Sometimes they even went to some NYU bars downtown on McDougal Street where they could dash across the street for falafel and then go back to the bar like it was their office and they were running out for lunch. 
Their favourite bar, though, was Matryoshka, a Russian-themed bar in the 50th Street 1-9 subway station. Now it was just the one train, but back then there was also the nine. Things were always changing, even when they didn't feel like it. Alice wondered if no one ever felt as old as they were because it happened so slowly, uh, and you were only ever one day slower and creakier, and the world changed so gradually but that by the time cars had evolved from boxy to smooth, or green taxis had joined yellow ones, or metro cards had replaced tokens, you were used to it. Everyone was a lobster in the pot. It's a really nice description there about kind of growing old. And also the bar she's talking about, the Matryoshka, is a real bar in New York that is in a subway station. So you kind of go down the stairs and there's kind of this hidden bar there. Oh, have you been there? No, never been there. <laughs> if you have, let us know. Yeah, let us know, John, at moonunderpod.com, if you've ever been to the uh, bar in the subway station in New York City, America. Lovely stuff. But I really, really love that, This Time Tomorrow. And it's um, named after the Kinks song as well, which is another yeah. plus point, which is good. But yeah, you ever been out boozing in New York, Max? Yes. What I miss about the UK is very, very English pubs, right? And in mm. Australia, there are brilliant pubs in Melbourne where I live, but they're just not quite, they're just different. And that's so true for the States, isn't it? Like there's something about a bar in the States which makes you think of all the films that you've watched. And just sitting at the bar is just so much more like growing up. Maybe I would sit at the bar. I would never sit at the bar in a pub in England. No, it's not you? the same vibe. No, but you would go straight there in, in the States. I don't know why, I don't know why that is a thing. There every day is our filmic over there in mm. uh, in New York. Max, you proved yourself incredibly uh, musically adept in our quiz. So we're going to ask you what album you want to add to the Moon Underwater Jukebox. It's got to be on CD. Uh, what's, <laughs> what CD would you like to add to the jukebox here? The pub of my youth is the Salisbury Arms in Cambridge on Tennyson Road. It's a classic. That's the pub I want. It used to have a it had a back room. If you could get that, you could mm. get the back room and push the tables together, and you could take. You'd have a ten pound note, and you'd know you'd get five pints out of that. And it was just a, a dream of a time. Them were the days. They were, mm. and the jukebox was brilliant. The jukebox had a brilliant jukebox, and you know it was a very sort of reef place your hands <laughs> era for me. <laughs> um, so I've I've gone for. The Best Album in the World Ever, Volume 1, which I might be judged for. Oh, God, I think I got that. I think I had that when I was a I remember that now, The Best Album in the World Ever. Yeah, I had a choice of that or a, an album called Crush, which was not quite as sort of another indie compilation, but there are so many songs on it. Best Album in the World Ever starts with All Right by Supergrass. And then Waking Up by Elastica. Mm. I can give you the whole track listing if you want. Yeah, These are bangers so far. Girl from Mars, Ash. Yes, please. A Girl Like You, Edwin Collins. Yeah. Every Day is Like Sunday, Morrissey. But at the time, Morrissey was different Morrissey. Yeah. Today's Smashing Pumpkins, Sit Down James, Wake Up Boo, Boo Radley's, Animal Nitrate Suede, This Is Music The Verb, I Want You in Spiral Carpets. That's CD1. That's pretty good. That's before the whole Britpop, the wheels fell off, I'd say, that, that selection. I don't know if the wheels fall off between CD1 and CD2. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, CD2 is Girls and Boys, Blur. Whatever Oasis, The Only One I Know, The Charlatans, Do You Remember the First Time Pulp, Yes, McCalmont and Butler, High and Dry Radiohead, 
Zombie by the Cranberries. Oh, now it's now we're going. Yeah, yeah. Last Recessa. Girera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Sadness um, Never Ends. Love that yeah. song. Yeah. And then a, a, a song by, by Therapy called Scream Major. Which Scream I Major. Remember. <laughs> Did that ring any bells? I was probably just repeating Yes by McCampman <laughs> okay. by that time on CD2. I, t- I tell you what. It's a searing indictment that the two low points on this album of Britpop classics is Blur and Oasis. Yeah. But I like both of those songs in my sort of very generic Britpop world. Yeah, I was never a fan of whatever, though. I really didn't, wasn't a fan of whatever. See, I reckon I had that on single and played it on loop. But like, I, I did. I mean, I had it on. And yeah. <laughs> at university, I had a compilation tape, John, and I, I feel like you will judge me for this. I once had a compilation tape in which I had Wish You For Here by Pink Floyd on. I love that. And I got a bit bored of it. It's a brilliant song, of course. But at the time, something happened to me and I taped over it with Top Loaders Dancing in the (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I'm really sorry about that. But that, that compilation sounds good because it was made at the time. Like nowadays, if mm. you were to make a compilation of that era, it wouldn't be as good because you'd get the kind of, I don't know, I don't know. There was a lot of songs on there that you would, like the Therapy song, for instance, which is great, but you wouldn't necessarily associate with that period. It's a slight crossover of like bands like, you know, James, who were before yeah, yeah. Britpop, you know, and... Maybe I wouldn't have picked Sit Down. I'd have picked another James song, probably. Um, when they came on Soccer AM in the glory years, they, they, did, they refused. They said, we don't want to talk about Sit Down. And you just said, do you mind just sitting down here? Ah. <laughs> well, we would have obviously done a lot on that, but you know, fair enough. They're probably bored of it, weren't they? Well, you can't have it both ways. No. Did they, they give stood- back the money they made for the song? Yes, they did it that morning. <laughs> they did, so... I don't think they always play it live. I think sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. I love Sometimes by James. Do you like that song? Yeah, it's a great song. Sometimes is great and Laid is great. Yeah. Um, And Come Home is great. Yeah, Yeah. I really like James. Well, we must move on from the 90s and uh, head to your final choice. It's your wildcard choice, Max. Uh, what are you going to have? It's very hard after the Barry Glendening pod and his wildcard card of his father's slow gin to think of any wildcard that could ever meet that uh, beautiful moment. It was quite. I, I did find that you managed to get more out of Barry in an hour and a half, you two, than I have in a decade. But I, <laughs> I mean, I suppose you're not having to ask him about Southampton's form at the same time. <laughs> so there was a beer in the Salisbury Arms called Fargo, right, which was a kind of velvety, I'm not sure what it was. It was sort of, maybe it was like entry-level Guinness. So I'd either pick a bottle of white wine, like a Riesling or something, I don't know, because that's probably what I want more you know, at some point, looking for balance within the pub. But I'll probably take Fargo for nostalgia purposes. So I'm trying to, I'm just looking this up in my mind. Is the beer called Fargo or is the... Yeah, I think it's called Fargo Velvet or something like that. Is it not called that? Ah, here we go. Yeah, Fargo Velvet. I've no idea what it tastes like now. Fully matured smooth ale, 
Brewed at the Eagle Brewery, served cool and velvet smooth, Charles Wells. Charles Wells, Bedfordshire, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm only able to access it via a listing for its beer mat in my mind. So you can buy its beer mat. I don't think they make it anymore. Well, velvet's the word you used there, Max, wasn't it? So... Mm. Yeah, I love the idea of a beer being sort of brought out of the the mists of the 70s and 80s to be placed in your pub. That really is a very warming thought. Now then, uh, we're going to leave behind our Johnny-come-flyby-nightlies to ask Max Rushton who his dream pub companion would be. In order to hear this choice, you can head over to moonunderpod.com and uh, support us on Patreon. And it's very much appreciated for keeping this old girl spick and span and ship shape, etc. For those of you who aren't following us on Patreon, we'll see you back very shortly. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Well, folks, we're back. Max has made his selection and it is available to those uh, who subscribe on Patreon. And me and Nelson Mandela are absolutely wasted. Oh, absolutely. Lasho kablasho. We've got two choices uh, left for you, or two bits of admin, really. Firstly, we need you to bar some kind of thing or behaviour or person from your dream pub. You're barred. Bouncers. Ooh. You're going to bounce the bouncer. I mean, my pub is not a pub that would need bouncers anyway. Mm. But, and you can't generalise, but I do find in my experience of bouncers, or just people who have a huge amount of power over a very small space, they can often wield that power unnecessarily. 
I would say. There were times when I had, you know, there was the beardy bouncer at the Eagle who would let me in with my fake ID. And I want, I don't want, he is allowed to come and drink at the pub. But just generally the, it's that, it's any pub where outside it has someone with an earpiece and a clipboard and then like two very large people who just could beat the living shit out of you. I don't want that or need that or want to be close to it ever in my life. I wonder if the way forward is a plain clothes bouncer just at one end of the bar, sat reading a newspaper, just with an ear on the goings-on in the pub. Mm. And they could just lean over. Excuse me, lads. Uh, do you mind keeping the uh, noise down, please? And if they kick off, then he reveals his true bouncer credentials. I bounce, by the way. Yeah. By the way, guys, I bounce. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Robin, I thought you meant that you bounce. And I was about to say, well, you know, some of my best friends are bouncers, so it's <laughs> totally fine. It's a good choice because it, well, I uh, I would be suspicious of whether I would enjoy the sort of place that needed a bouncer, if you know what I mean. And I'm, look, they, have, they definitely have, you know, they, there are, you know, they're definitely needed in places. Security yes, is necessary absolutely. in places. But you're right, I've come to an age where I don't want to be going into an establishment that has a bouncer. There is a pub I go to. I don't, I don't want to be too specific. In, cl- in case they're listening, let's just say it's in London. And there is a bouncer. And it's like the bouncer sort of tries to take over. There's a lot of chat as you're coming in. I've heard, overheard him talking about pe- beating people up and stuff like this. It's just calm down, go away. And bounce yourself, mate. Bounce yourself. A self-bounce. Has it ever been done? Yeah. Hurry up, please. It's time. Okay, so we're about to name your pub, but let's just remind people what's in it. We've got Guinness, Timothy Taylor's Landlord, Yeva, uh German Lager, a Barolo, or Barolo, I don't know how you pronounce that, expensive red wine. We've got tequila, for your lovely wife, Pims, for your lovely life. Uh, we've got uh, the best album in the world ever, volume one, on the jukebox. Fargo's Velvet, exhumed from the long vistas of the past, and uh, no bouncers at all. But what are we going to call it? I don't know, John. Mm. Right. I found this very difficult question because... And and all I all I when I woke up at five o'clock this morning, all I thought was I I rented a bike off a man in Southworld once called Obadiah Baggett, and I just think Obadiah Baggett's is a good name. That's a lovely for name for a pub. Obadiah, lovely. Obadiah Baggett. I was like, how's that a real person? That's amazing. So I've never forgot his name, and I'd like to I'd put it in lights. So is it the Obadiah Baggett, or is it Obadiah Baggett's bike? Or just Obadiah Baggett's? I don't... I'm not sure. Which which do you think sounds better? I mean, you could call it the Rushed In. Yeah. But, I mean, how's, that's, that doesn't help Obadiah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just giving you another option, just because he names Max Rushton. I like the Obadiah Baggett's. Obadiah Baggett's is nice. Obadiah Baggett's. Oh, yeah. Obadiah Baggett's, very good. You'd have to sort of have... Lots of different pictures on the wall of ye olde guys with sort of moustaches and, and people have to guess which one is Obadiah Bagger. Mm. It's actually the sort of the, the, the guy from 1998 selling you a bike. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
Very good. Well, Max Rushton, we thank you so much for your time here at the Moon Underwater. We do hope you've uh, enjoyed your stay here. And Obadiah Baggots is yours to take with you wherever you need it the most. Thank you very much for having me. I've had a lovely time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.